0: following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information visit livingwatersmn.org I'm going to ask if uh, I have three helper or six helpers um, if those of you who have those baskets would just pass out Uh, those bookmarks. Uh, We just have a little gift for you that we want you to remember this service by. Um, And so uh, just take one, any color. There's Easter colors there, and they're in an Easter basket. How precious is that? (laughs) So everyone just take one. And then those of you who are collecting, if you could give the baskets back to Colleen, please. It is good to be together. I want us to notice that even the flavor of this morning has been uh, not so much about Jesus, it's been about you. Imagine that. It's been about us. It's been about us as believers. And uh, I believe the Lord would have it that way today. Obviously, we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but that means something very significant for you and I. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. It's good for us to understand that the thing that you and I must believe in as believers is not so much the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. That's kind of easy to believe in because Roman history records that took place. Jewish history records that took place. There's volumes uh, of evidence that you and I can look into to know that we know that we know that there was a man named Jesus and that he was crucified on a Roman cross. That is undisputable in all of history. So that takes no faith. It just takes knowledge. What takes faith on your part and on my part, and this is according to Romans chapter 10, is uh, we have a faith that he was raised, this Jesus, who is well documented in history, was raised from the dead on the third day. That's where our faith lies. That's where our confidence lies. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. So what? We know that after Jesus Christ was crucified and raised from the dead that he walked around earth for 50 days. He met with the disciples, the disciples wrote and said, we have infallible proof. In fact, he was seen by us 12 or us 11, and he was seen by others, and then he was seen by roughly 500 people who saw this resurrected Christ. In some cases, they were in a room with doors locked, and this resurrected Jesus just shows up. That's living proof. Or they're out fishing and catching no fish. And some guy from the shore says, "Uh, put your net on the other side of the boat. And they've heard someone say that before. And they didn't recognize this resurrected Jesus, but as they did what he told them to do, just like had happened years earlier, they caught a a catch of fish so huge they could hardly bring it in. And all of a sudden, one of them, the light bulb goes off and they say, oh, I'll be, that's Jesus, And so he gave plenty of living proof in his day that he had risen from the dead. And so that was written about. But the question I want to ask you today is, where's the living proof that Jesus was resurrected? Where's the living proof? Amen. You are the living proof that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Let's turn to you guys that, where's the baskets? When you're done, you can bring them up to Colleen. I only say that because I need more of those for the service I'm doing at our building. Okay. Now that is what, um, what you have there is a nice little bookmark. You can put a shopping list on it if you want to. It's a very high-quality paper. Don't laugh at me. I'll talk to this side. So or you could use it for the purpose for which it was designed. Hmm. Hmm. Let's go to the scripture, Romans chapter six. Beginning at verse, what did I say? Four, I think, was it? (laughs) Romans chapter 6, beginning at verse 4. Therefore, we were buried with him, through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we been, have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be a done away with, and that we should no longer be slaves to sin." For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, and death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also... Reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is the Apostle Paul writing. And basically what he's saying is, when Jesus Christ went to the cross, you were co-crucified with him. You were there with him, and, and our mind wants to mess with that and say, well, that's not possible, and you get into time. But how many of you know God lives outside of time? And the reality is, the truth is, and this is a spiritual truth, and if you try to get it intellectually, you'll never grasp it. But the reality is that when Jesus Christ was crucified at the cross, you were there, and the reason you were there is because all of sin was there. How does that make you feel? And the reality is that he didn't just die for the sins of his 11 disciples. He didn't just die for the sins of the people of Jerusalem. He didn't just die for the sins of... uh, the Jewish people, or Israel. He died for the sins of the whole world. In fact, we know in the garden, he sweat, as it were, drops of blood, and he agonized over having to go to the cross. And you need to know it was because of your sin and mine. The Facing death was not a problem for him. A lot of men have done that through history and done it boldly, and women. The torture was... No picnic, I'm sure, but that isn't what he agonized over. No, no, no. It was he knew that he eventually would become what he had prophesied, the serpent on the pole from the days of Moses. How on earth would a serpent represent the Son of God? Because he became sin. For you and I. So when he was there, and this is Paul's point, we were crucified with him. And then he says when he was buried in the tomb, we were co-buried with him. We were buried with him. And Paul's point is, so if you were crucified with him and you were buried with him, you might as well be resurrected with him. And you might as well live a resurrection life. In fact, you do. Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, Uh, Well, let's go there. For if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit which dwells in you. The reality is the resurrection life gave room for the Holy Spirit to come and live inside you. Paul writes to the Corinthians and he said, listen, if there's no resurrection, we are the most pitiable people on the planet. But there is a resurrection. And because there's a resurrection, you and I live in resurrection life. And we become something that we never were. We become a new creation. Some of us have been walking with God so long that we tend to forget who we were. And some of us maybe wa- ha- have walked with God for a long time, but we never got opportunity to see how w- desperately wicked we were potential to be. So, what? You have a bookmark. <laughs> Whoop de doo. But you could use it for something more important. You could use it for the purpose for which it was designed. You could I'm going to baptize my bookmark. That is water. So, what we're saying is that we, just plain old us, was at the cross with Jesus Christ. We were there. We were co-crucified with him. And what, Bab- and what Paul is saying, and he, this, his message is not about baptism, by the way, and neither is mine. But it is about the exchange of life. That baptism symbolizes, and so we were cru- co-crucified with him. We were co-buried with him, which going under the water implies, and then we were co-resurrected with him. Ah, in newness of life, it's not a bookmark anymore; it's a sponge. Are you kidding me? How new is that? Raised into newness of life. And here's the uniqueness of the sponge. Remember Jesus said, Come and drink freely of the water of life. A sponge can do two things. It can take in, and it can give out. And that's what you and I are called to do. And you are called to be. I was teaching at an Alpha class here in in Otsego, actually, at Christ Church. And Colleen and I were doing the Holy Spirit weekend, and the whole weekend is about being filled with the Spirit. And someone asked a very valid question. If we've been filled with the Spirit once, why do we have to do it again? And my answer was very simple. We leak. And in reality, we should leak. That is our whole purpose. We should leak everywhere we go. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't help but I'm just so full of my Jesus. I'm glad you didn't wear. Oh, look at your what's happening to yours? Oh my goodness. Come come closer. Come closer. Put it over there so I'm going to get in trouble for getting the carpet wet. Look at Well, you're well on your way. You got a ways to go, though. And the only way you can come into the fullness is to soak. One of the core values here at Living Waters Church is the presence of God. And let me show you why. And again, we're not talking about the waters of baptism, although they're very relevant and very important. We're talking about the water of life. <laughs> we're talking about the reality that you and I were created to live with resurrection life. But here, I'll, tell you, I'll let you in on a little secret. you got to constantly go back to the source. And if you don't, You know what this is good for? Absolutely nothing. You can't put your shopping list on it, really. You can't, it, it makes a horrible bookmark. When you and I have been born ag- again, when we've been born and crucified with Christ, buried with Christ, and resurrected into a newness of life, we are only good f- for one thing. That is to soak in his presence and then everywhere we go, just leak it. By the way, we, we tend to feel, we, we want to get super spiritual and we say, well, I want to leak like Jesus did. So everywhere I go, uh, the, the, the sick are going to be healed. And everywhere I go, the dead are going to be raised. And No, they're not. And so we have a tendency to feel like our life is not meaningful because we don't do that every day. And your life is meaningful. You bloom where you planted and you leak where you live. (laughs) And I know there are people who will tell you that you should do that. But not even they do that. How about that? And the reality is that we are called to be... Get this now. This is who you're called to be. You ready? You're called to be you. And you're called to be living proof that there's a resurrected Christ and the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is dwelling in you. Now, I don't say we don't grow in our ability to leak. (laughs) Grandpa knows better than that. (laughs) But it is our reality. And how many of you know that all this brother, (laughs) whoever he is, (laughs) has to do... What, what do you, hey kids, well, yeah, what do you think? You think, uh, what if I wrung this out and then dunked it in toilet water? What would come out when I squeezed it? Toilet water. Interesting, huh? What if I wrung this out and soaked it in coffee, what would come out when I squeezed it? Coffee. I'm not messing with any of you, settle down. <laughs> But the reality is that what we take in is what we give out. And we've heard it. I'm just trying to demonstrate it in very tangible ways so that you and I can see it. One of the primary call on my life is to preach the gospel. But I have always asked the Lord to help me to keep it simple. And the reason I've asked that is because I'm simple. and so i'm always looking for methods like this to help us see because see what i what this picture paints is just a spiritual reality what this needs all this needs is to soak in living water that's all it needs I want to ask you a personal question. What have you been soaking in? Just thought I'd ask. He's back. (laughs) He's back to being living proof of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now here's, I, wanna, I want you to see this. Here's what some of us do. And the Bible has names for this. In fact, we just, this message may well be the continuation of the wholeheartedness that we spent in the month of March talking about. But we can, we can enter into this resurrection life with Jesus half-heartedly. James calls it, I believe, being double-minded. It's really no good. It's no longer good for a bookmark. It's really not much of a sponge. Come on with me now. The Apostle Paul in Galatians 2.20 writes that I have been crucified, him speaking of himself, I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And now the life that I live in this flesh, the Apostle Paul speaking, but we should be able to say it too. And now the life that I live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And in reality, Easter is more about the resurrected Christ that lives in you than it is about the resurrected Christ that sits at the right hand of the Father. And make no mistake about it, he does live in us. You remember when you were, those of you who grew up in Sunday school, I remember from a very young age, both at home from my mom, at home from my grandma, and at church from the Sunday school teachers, I was convinced that I could have Jesus living inside of me. And that is the truth. It is the reality. This, but here's the deal. It's, that is why we're just going to see what happens to this guy. I'll tell you what's going to happen to him. He might make it to heaven. Should we send half of them to heaven or all of them? This reality that we're talking about this morning is why Jesus said to his disciples on several occasions, it is necessary that I go away. Because if I go to the Father, then I and the Father can send the Holy Spirit to you. In another place, he said, yes, I'm going away, but... Don't panic, don't panic. My Father and I will come back and we'll make our home in you. We'll make our abode in you. And our mind can go, okay, well, you're going away, but, and you're going to prepare a place for me if I read John chapter 14. Oh, good. Ooh, what does that all mean? Anyway, you're going away, but you're going to come back. Yes. But it's necessary that you go away. Yes. Why? Because when he comes back, he comes back in the presence of the Godhead, the person of the Holy Spirit. And so now he lives within me and he lives within you. And guess what? He wants out. He wants to get out of you. But guess what? You get to go soak in his presence. What does it mean to soak? Do you know that that means a lot of different things for a lot of different people, and it's all good? I know what I do to get myself. Someone asked me recently, oh, it was actually Judy. We were spending some time Together. And she said, So, how do you uh, decide what you're going to preach and how do you prepare? And my honest aunt I didn't think of it till just now, so I'm going to tell you right now. I soak. I've been soaking in this message for quite a while now, just soaking. That's why I'm not always, I haven't even, I just realized I haven't even opened my notebook. Because I don't know what's going to come out. But I know it'll be God because it's been go, good going in. And it's His presence. 1989 was before I was pastoring. Actually, it was before we planted the church here, a couple of years before. <clears throat> I was, we were building a Burger King, I was running a job, we were building a Burger King over on Bloomington Ferry Road, in. wherever that is, Edina, Bloomington, whatever it is. And I know it was 1989, because my son John was born while I was doing that job, so I had to run it from long distance by phone, but anyway, so I'm on this job, and there was a There were subs we had a very small crew of our own and a lot of subs and a bricklayer asked if he could talk to me and he had his trowel in his hand and there was sand and he drew with his trowel in the sand a half arc and He said if I do this What would you do? I said I don't know (laughs) He said well in the early days of the church, when the church was in persecution, if two people met and they suspected that they might both be believers, one would drive a, draw a half, half or a quarter arc this way, and the other then would draw it and complete it this way, and that's why we get the symbol of the fish. You see it in your mind, just the two... Quarter arcs that form the fish and the fin. And when he said that, I said, okay, so I finished the fish. He said, I knew it. I could tell the way you talked to the men, you were a believer. And you know what my first thought was? I'm glad you weren't here last week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. I'm serious, I'm just being honest. (laughs) He must have caught me on a good day or a good few days, because he wasn't on the job long. But by the grace of God, and why do I tell that story? Because I want you to know that more than you realize it, the newness of the resurrected Christ that's living within you shows. And you need to know that. We, we, as Christians, so many times walk around feeling like, got to do more, got to do more, got to do more. Well, number one, you don't need to do more. You need to maybe be more, but you don't get to be more by beating yourself up. By the way, that is not the Holy Spirit. You and I have an adversary that would like to convince us that we are not good at being Christians. And that's only because he thinks by doing that he can improve the population of where he's going. (laughs) Silly, silly devil. And he's a liar. Now, I'm not saying we don't need to grow. In fact, we're going to be having this class, this higher call class we're called. Where's Luke? Luke, did you ever think you'd see the day that I would be giving voice lessons? (laughs) (laughs) Luke was our worship leader for years, and he used to tell me, if you want to clap on or tell the people in front of God and everybody, in front of a whole group of people, if you want to clap on beat, do not watch Bob. And he was right, because I have to watch someone. I was so thankful. Was Jordan in the room? I was so thankful. Jordan was up here this morning, and he started, you know, us to clapping, so I know, oh, thank God, I know where, where the beat is. <laughs> Some of you can relate. Don't you laugh? No, but we are, we are, see, here here's why we're calling that class Voice Lessons. It is about using the gift of prophecy in everyday life, and that doesn't mean that you go around prophesying over people. That is not what we're after. The theme that the Lord gave us for 2023 as it relates to the higher call class, which is the equipping arm, if we could say it that way, of living waters. By the way, there's a difference between discipleship and equipping. Did you know that, in my opinion? And if it's my opinion, it could be right. No, I think there is a difference between discipleship and equipping. And I believe the difference is that discipleship uh, equips me to, to live everyday life. But equipping equips me to give it away. It, it allows me to flow in a, a, the gifts. It allows me to, to give away that which I have. It's one thing, see, it's one thing to be a sponge. Oh, I feel sorry for this guy. Oh. We have a brother. Oh, wait, it's a sister. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> But we have we have the privilege of we have the privilege of giving God away, and one of the ways we do it is with our voice. And one of the ways that we do it is to receive. And this is what prophetic mi- prophecy is, or prophetic ministry. It is simply receiving from the Lord and then giving it away. There's lots of people out there giving away. Stuff. But how many even you know there's a difference between giving away stuff and giving away something in the name of the Lord? Totally different. There's a big difference between Christian humanitarian uh, ministries and just secular humanitarian ministries. And the difference is, it may not even be in what they give away. Receive a cup of, the wa- of water. But it's in, you've got a nice smile, in the name of the Lord. No, I, you think I should, Dave? <laughs> and so there's an oomph behind it. There's a weightiness behind it when we, as the church and as believers, whether it's bringing a pie to your neighbor, No matter what it is, we're giving it out of a resurrected life. And we are living proof that Jesus is alive and well. We're going to sing some, we're going to worship some more in just a minute, and we're going to be living proof that he is alive, but we're also going to be living proof that we are alive. Do you remember in the Gospel of John, in chapter 7, it says that on the great day of that feast, there came a time in that feast that usually the priest would pour out water, and it was to symbolize water in the wilderness and and all of that. But Jesus stands up and he says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Look what happens when we all get together. Ooh. Church can be messy. By the way, flowing in the Spirit can be messy. Walking in resurrection life can get messy. And that's another thing. Sometimes as believers, we think, well, if it was God, it wouldn't be so messy. Oh, you silly person. That's not true. (laughs) So if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And something happens. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And I want to suggest to you that not always, but one of the ways that the rivers of living water flow out of you is through our voice. How many of you know we are living in a day, I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up, Because I want to allow plenty of time for us to celebrate the resurrection around this theme. And not just around the theme of the person of Jesus Christ being resurrected, but you and I, walking out of the grave with him and walking in newness of life. What was I talking about? Oh, I caught you. No, many times the way that that river of living water flows out of us is out of our voice, out of your belly. What did Jesus say? Out of your heart, the mouth speaks. And the reality is that one of the ways, and it's not the only way, but one of the ways that we give away living water is with our voice. So that's why we're having the Higher Call class. And the theme the Lord gave us for 2023 is... Equipping everyday believers for everyday life. It's not about using the gift just here in church, but it's about just in the flow of life, letting that river of living water flow out of me. And again, I want to I wanna demolish the religiosity of feeling like when that river flows out of me, it is a gusher that is like a fire hydrant. That is not... Biblical. What did he just say? I said, that's not biblical. You are the salt of the earth. Paul said, just season your speech with grace. Just season it. I've said before, I'll say it again, we got a lot of good cooks here, but I guarantee you I can ruin any recipe you cook with salt. (laughs) Too much salt is not good. We are the light of the world, but too much light is not good. We, you and I, as we go about our day of being everyday believers in our everyday life, we go about as ambassadors. That's one of the subjects we'll be talking about. Not diplomats, by the way. Ambassadors. Big difference. Don't want to go there. But I just did. That's called a commercial. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. The way in which we do that is to listen to the Holy Spirit and go about our day being us. I invite you to be you. I encourage you to be you. Now you can grow in the ability to be a better version of you, but it is tiring trying to be someone else because you'll never be good at it. And there are people who will try to convince you that you should be like them and I wouldn't listen to those voices. You should be like you and grow in your ability to be a really good you. But I will tell you this. One of the best ways that you can be your best version of yourself is to constantly go back to the source from which came your newness of life and soak. Just spend time there. And as I, I started to say earlier, that looks different for all of us. Some of you, you soak and you soak best just diving into the Word. Some of you soak best just diving into music and into worship. Some of you soak best by sitting in perfect silence and solitude. Some of you soak best by taking a walk in nature and you just get so filled with the creator of the trees and the fields and all of that. We're all different. And no one is here to tell you, this is how you do it. My exhortation to you is, do it. Fill her up. If I could say, I'm bringing her in for a landing. If I could say this, especially to those of you young Christians, but old Christians, doesn't matter. If there is one thing that I would encourage you to learn how to do It is how to drink. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So many believers don't realize the importance of drinking. That's one of the first things babies learn how to do. Drink. Go to the source for nourishment, for strength. You can't talk. (laughs) Shut up. Step one. It's receiving, and here's the deal. It's in, in a way, it's humbling, and and if you know. One of the ways I soak, it's not the only way, but one of the ways is just to sit in silence and just, and sometimes it feels so stupid. Really? But, oh, I can feel it right now. Holy Spirit, come. We thank you for your presence We thank you for your person that lives within us, but we thank you that you are big enough to live outside us as well. You can not only fill me and my brothers and sisters in this room, but you can fill this room. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.